0: Hello, and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. I'm Simone de I'm a video producer at Polygon.com, and I'm joined tonight by Brianna Wu, Democratic candidate for Congress and birthday girl, and Christina Warren. You did it. You did it. I did it. You did it. I did it. I, I said it even though it wow. says it intentionally wrong in the document that I just opened that tells me your title. <laughs> <laughs> and Christina Warren, Senior Content Project Manager at Microsoft. Hello. Thank you. I'm sorry I just ruined that sentence. <laughs> welcome. Welcome to the show. Brianna, you are uh, you giving yourself the best birthday present of all in double podcasting tonight. You just recorded Disruption.
1: That's true. That's true. I'm not celebrating my birthday today because it was just too busy on my schedule. But tomorrow I'm starting it off with a two hour massage. Yes. <laughs> and I'm doing nothing for tomorrow. So it is going to be amazing. And then we're going to oh, go out that's to dinner. bliss. So it's going to be good. Great. Yeah.
0: Load up the today, leave Friday totally open. That's smart. That's smart.
1: Yeah, that's it. And then work all oh. weekend. Then work all weekend smiling and oh. kissing babies. I love kissing babies. You know you, you do. I just that's for like you. a kind of work. Yeah, yeah it's great. I mean, it's that's great. why you went oh, into
0: politics God. in the first place. Got to get the mouth on the babes.
1: That's it. That's it. You know, there was not enough baby kissing as an engineer and Sucks. decided to rectify that. Somewhat, so, yeah. <laughs> so can I be completely honest with you guys? So I just turned 40 today. And what is amazing to me about turning 40 is when I turned 30, I could not believe that I lived through my 20s, (laughs) like in a really literal sense. I could not believe I got through all the horrific, dumb decisions that I made, and It's like you look at your 20s, and my 20s were about finding myself, and my 30s were about getting my career on track, and now from my 40s, I just – I'm like psyched. I'm going to be taking on Congress. I feel like it
0: it just gets more and more exciting because you have more and more opportunities to do cool stuff and more and more knowledge about how to do that cool stuff.
1: It frees you up from a lot of the BS, just to be really, really honest. so. I don't know it's uh I'm just uh I don't know well congratulations
0: I'm so glad thank you and Christina just went camping this past weekend and I have been dying I I I said it before the show started but I'm my bet is either a 50 50 that she either ended up loving it surprisingly or that she absolutely hated it um and I I wanna know. I, it's, the so answer. it was actually in the middle.
2: So um I liked it a lot. Stunning. Yeah. So I, I liked it more <laughs> than I thought that I would, right? Like anybody who listens to me in the show or has like met me in person, I think most people will be surprised to to, to hear that the, know the, you're the a princess. The, the, exactly. So they'd be to be surprised that I spent I spent uh the fourth of July holiday camping. Um but we've made some new friends, and they had a spot, and they invited my husband and I, and I wanted to be social and not, like, the weird person who's like, ew, camping. Um, even though internally I was like, ew, camping. Um, <laughs> no, but you know what? It, yeah. it, was, it was only one night. It was nice. The lake was really pretty. It did get cold. I did not pack appropriately. If I'd packed the oh, way no. I'd wanted to pack – I would have been fine, but I didn't pack the way that I wanted to pack because someone, <clears throat> my husband, was like, "You're packing too much." So I like pared down, and that was a mistake because it got very cold, which I was not anticipating. Which it was dumb of me, but I'm new to the area. I still don't really quite know what it's like to be that north of you know, like like because mm-hmm. it, yeah. it, it's, cause it's yeah. different. Never because yeah. it, it's it's different uh, than the New York. I was like, "Oh, the New York's in the north." No, New York is is not as as north. It's it's different. Um. And it's also closer to
1: water. Maybe you can invite them to like stay in your garage and not right. take showers See, and I, just well, like, well, sleep well, on the well. floor all weekend. You can well, we invite them in the to car. do that.
2: So, so that was no, no. It was actually it was oh, no. fine. So, 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 no, no. The car was better than a tent would have been. So, no. So, Grant bought a uh, a Volvo station wagon. And so you put the seats back in that. You have a air mattress and sleeping bags. And we were a little snug. But again, for like one night, it was fine. The bathrooms at the campsite, no, not my favorite thing. Not at all. I'm not a big fan of that. Did you at least oh. do things like hiking and roasting yes, marshmallows? Yes, and and, 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 and imbibing and, and beverages and other things. Um, it was very fun. I had a good time with the people. I, I Grant loves it. I, I told him, I was like, if you want to do this like twice a year, I'll do this. Uh, Although next time I think I would very much more get my glamp on. Like this was Mm – like to me still, if I'm being totally honest, my perfect ideal of camping is the Tom Hafferford School of Camping from Parks and Recreation when he has (laughs) – when he has the – you know the the power he's got his car battery with all the yes the sky with mall with stuff all the sky mall stuff and the sixty inch TV and the Xbox and all that like that's my idea of, of, of camping if I've got to do it or or it's either the Tom Haverford school or if I'm really honest like honestly my one of my favorite movies of all time is True Beverly Hills and in that movie they their first attempt to go camping ends in disaster and so they end up skipping camping and going to the Beverly Hills hotel
0: I I oh my god and, and that and and. <laughs> And, and just, I believe that you can learn to love it. I, cause I don't, I don't know. There's something about being resigned to just being stuck out there that I find pretty freeing. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that.
1: So one of, one of the, when I met my husband, I was dating two other guys at the same time. And one of the two guys was like very, very outdoorsy and he invited me to go hunting and I'm like, you know, I'm not gonna I just I'm not gonna shoot totally. an animal. I can't like every time I've seen a deer, I'm like overwhelmed with how gorgeous it is. So I'm like, I'm not gonna do that. So I go with him and I'm singing a tree stand all day. And this will like tie into our topic later, but I had my iPod fourth <laughs> generation with me on the entire trip. And I'm just saving every bit of battery power and he's like yelling at me because he's like Oh, the deer are gonna hear that, and oh, you can't wash your hair because the deer is gonna smell that, and yeah, that's why when Frank came along, I like dumped that <laughs> dude super
0: quickly. <laughs> so, like, oh, thank God, someone in technology and art. You're like, you're like, <laughs> take me out yeah. of the woods.
1: Oh, no, Frank is not in technology. Oh, he wasn't. No, oh. he's not.
0: <laughs> what did he do before he was? Isn't he like a super sciency man?
1: He's very sciencey, but he can't even update his iPhone. I got a text oh, with him man. before we started the show. He's like, deeply wrong. Brie, I can't figure out how to charge my iPhone with this oh. external battery." And I'm like, "Push the button. That's where Let's, Frank goes." Okay, is, our next so. show is just going
0: to be a help show for Frank. But moving on, oh, no way to good segue into this. Let's talk about harassment. Yeah. Yay! Hey. Yay! So there was. Um, An excellent, excellent piece in the New York Times by Katie Benner about uh, women entrepreneurs who are, you know, working the VC circuit and things like that, uh, who are finally sharing stories about the horrible, horrible treatment that they have experienced at the hands of people in these firms, people who are supposed to be treating them as potential A potential investment people who have you know at times their financial futures on the table and uh the result of that was that dave mcclure has stepped down from 500 startups he was one of the men who was named in the article there are several others uh with varying varying effects uh on their careers varying acknowledgement of um very very yeah varying acknowledgement of the stories that were told about them in this article and it's it's a really, really good read, mm-hmm. first of all. It's great to just see these words out there. And then it's simultaneously very, very frustrating to think about, I, I guess, the, the double struggles of running, trying to run a startup and then bringing your ideas to the table and receiving harassment and, like, come-ons in response to that. Uh, that that was my my big like I, I blazed through this article and I'm not a fast reader, but I blazed through it with the fires of of stress underneath me.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, and I think that I mean, the the, the allegations, I mean, you know, all the a bunch of these VCs have, have now resigned, you know, in, 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 in part because mm-hmm. of these stories, which proves that, that sunlight really is the best disinfectant, but it, it's, it, it's really challenging. You know, I think for already it's hard for women to raise, you know, VC funding, like study after study has shown how few female founders there are. They have a hard time. I kind of got into a, a conversation with a couple of VCs on Twitter and, 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 um, because people are already taking this article and immediately becoming doomsayers. And it's like, oh, well, you know, the side effect of, of this reporting, which is fantastic and which is important, is that now VCs aren't going to want to be in the same room alone with women, which I, I call BS on that. Um, I, 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 You know, some of them will use that as an excuse, though, making a mistake. But the good the, the, the good ones, you know, will not. And I agree with that. And that's what, what, what Brian Starber, who, um, as a VC, was saying on Twitter. But what I kind of followed up and I was like, I agree with you, but there will be some people who who are not good VCs who will use this as an excuse. And unfortunately, if you are um, a, um, if you're, if you're a woman or if you're in a minority or if you're both, uh, which was the case of a lot of people in these allegations, these were women of color. I think it's important to note who a lot of, who um, uh, told their stories, but as, as a, uh, Katie mentioned one of her follow-up pieces for The times um the women of color were often not as willing to want to be photographed and and that's understandable mm-hmm. but but there is like there there is kind of a secondary kind of component to this you know when you're people who are in marginalized positions regardless of 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 what you know your your you know uh, uh, moniker is or whatever identifier you want to use, people who are in marginalized positions have um you know less opportunities to get in front of the good vCS and you know it becomes that that. Kind of uh, what's often been written about that, like you've got to be twice as good scenario. So if you're someone who's in a marginalized position who isn't as, um, who doesn't have as many opportunities, who's less visible in the community, you have to be twice as good to stand out. And that means competition that's just already really, really strict. Uh, really fierce gets more difficult. And so I do, I you know, part of me, like, I think this reporting is so important and so good, and I only want to praise it, um, especially once we've seen it having results. But I do think that, you know, people who are like, oh, well, you know, the good VCs will, will continue to meet with people. We have to acknowledge that there are a lot of people who aren't good, who are, you know, just you know anybody to, to be VC isn't that special, and and we often focus on the on the big names, and that's why this particular you know the, the most recent reporting is but it, is so important because it does focus on some of the bigger names, but of all the smaller firms and places that get a, that they probably do similar things, or that even worse will use this sort of um, finally co- making people accountable as just another excuse mm-hmm. not to necessarily meet with or or, or fund people who are different than the norm of of what VCs normally find, which traditionally tend to be young, very young, you know, white men.
1: What really gets me about this story is, you know, I mean, there's so many aspects of it. I want to talk at the New York Times piece first. Yeah. I know Susan Wu, and she's one of the people mentioned in the original Times story. If it were the zombie apocalypse, Susan Wu would be one of the people I would want on my team because Mm -hmm. (laughs) she is as dead mature and serious and talented a person as you can imagine. And, uh, you know, I've worked with the New York Times on stories, and the way it works is you say a bunch of things to them, and, you know, you represent yourself honestly, and then it goes through, like, the fact-check process. Right. And the editors are, to a degree, Higher of any other journalistic um, outlet that I've worked with, I mean, including the Times, including the Wall Street Journal, are Absolutely. so conservative about what they put in there. And they will, like, try to get second and third sources mm-hmm. on everything. So, like, when Susan Wu was in that piece and the only thing they have is someone touched her face and it felt uncomfortable – I uh, I would bet my house and my car and everything I own that there were 500 other things that just didn't make that Times piece, in my opinion. Um, I think the other side of it is, you know, if we want to talk about, you know, people resigning, I think it's really important to, you know, give Matt uh, Papakipos, uh, you know, some credit. He's one of the um, – limited partners uh, with this, meaning he basically gives money to 500 startups and they allocate it. And, you know, he went public and said he was not going to give them another dime until they took him, uh, you know, Dave McClure down. And, you know, this is a white cisgender dude that basically took a stand up for women in a very public way. Um, I think that's really of note. Like this is what we need is you know, mm-hmm. people in position of privilege, like standing up and getting, you know, advocating mm-hmm. for the right thing. Um, I think we've also got to talk about, I mean, this story came out and it was shocking with the Times piece. And I want to be really clear on the show that this was an allegation, but, you know, what day was it? Was it Monday or Tuesday this week or Sunday that uh, a blog came out? Mm -hmm. with a woman talking about an alleged sexual assault from Dave McClure. And according to her, um, basically he got drunk at her house, invited himself over, didn't leave, and then pushed her up against a wall and, you know, started demanding sex with her. And she was very, very clear saying no. And he kept pushing it. You know, to me, there's like a a pattern of allegations here that – Really yes. rise to a very troubling level, in my opinion.
2: Yes, I would agree with that. So, in addition to that blog post, um, uh, which is on Medium, I'll, I'll find the link and I'll, I'll give it to you, Simone, because I think it's worth a read. And and this is a woman who, you know, um, was running an accelerator in Malaysia that five hundred uh, startups was um, helping to sponsor, and so she very much felt like she was in a in a position where she was running um, a fund. For a government agency, and didn't feel like she could even report things. I, there was an interview on NPR with her yesterday, uh, where she was kind of talking about why she didn't, you know, file reports and whatnot. And 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 I actually really thought the NPR interview was terrible. I thought that the way the the woman who was interviewing her asked questions, I, I really didn't like it. But that's that 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 aside from the fact, additional reporting has since come out. Whether the reason Dave McClure resigned, according to Axios and according to the New York Times and and other outlets that have seen the letter. Was because not because of, of necessarily the allegations that were in the Time story, which I think that they were kind of made aware of, but because there was a secondary thing that happened, and the reason that he had left the day to day operations on paper to begin with is because, uh, and this this is according to somebody who'd been a limited partner on um, the uh, this this is somebody who'd been a limited partner for for uh, five hundred startups, um, basically said. That um, there had been an allegation that he'd assaulted someone at 500 Startups, uh, an employee there. I, from, from the way that it's been read and the way it's been uh, you know, brought up, that was separate from the incident that was alleged on on block. So this is a separate incident. But that was what caused Dave McClure to have to resign. Or not resign, but leave you know, st- leave a day to day CEO stuff and, and turn that over. And it was when this limited partner realized and and kind of called into account and said. We weren't told what happened or why. It wasn't until after the New York Times story that that a lot of the LPS and five hundred startups even knew that he was no longer CEO or handling day to day operations. Um, people were saying he was still active in Slack and people were still acting, you know, deferential to him. That he was still, you know, his, his face was still on, um, you know, powerpoints and presentations that were being spread out to to partners in other places like Australia. Uh, but but instead, you know, there had been the, the what it, what had kind of caused the change in things was that last month sometime or I guess. I guess in May, I guess, or so a couple, like, you know, two months ago, um, someone had, had made an allegation. And who knows if it's true or not? I don't think there's any criminal complaint. So I'm not going to make any statement about the veracity of the allegation. But, but the fact remains that there was an allegation that he, he sexually assaulted someone at 500 Startups. And that was what led to, to him getting uh, put out, which to me almost makes the whole thing even worse. That the, 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 there was a there's a cover up level there from on on behalf of of or at least from the outside it looks that way. I don't again I don't know if there is or not, but 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 from the outside well, it looks know like this. there's a cover up. That
1: was substantiated, Christina. Yeah. like it is substantiated by Axios that yes. they uh, cover up may be a strong word, but yeah, they I don't certainly misled journalists about the timeline. And what happened when? Like mm-hmm. that yes, is absolutely. An absolute they, they, well, fact.
2: Not not not, a, not just journalists. They definitely misled journalists, but they also misled their their limited partners. I think yes, that they is and and, and and that's the thing where I think you start to see, especially people in the startup community get even more upset. It's one thing to not be completely transparent with the press. You could argue you don't necessarily have to be. You know, it's not a court of law. You owe them what you owe them. Uh, but when you're you're talking about your own limited partners, people who are investing their money in your funds and are backing startups based on your name and are using your name. And and their name and, con- and 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 you know cohorts together, that's a big problem when you're not being upfront yep. with your LPs about massive changes that are happening within your fund. And and I understand there were probably like key man clauses and all kinds of legal things that would make extricating Dave McClure from 500 startups very very difficult. I'm not saying that that isn't the case, but I am saying that why because of the New York Times reporting, I don't think we ever would have found out without this without that reporting. I don't know if we ever would have found out what had happened in the allegations that, that had been brought against him by someone at his at his own firm i don't think we ever would have yeah. known that
0: yeah mhm <sighs> yeah. it's it's really it's great to read about this stuff and i i feel like our audience it's not great to read about this stuff it's horrible <laughs> yeah. to read about this stuff but it is great when it is brought to light and then horrible over again in ouroboros of emotion when people make the argument That. That the that women just say these things for funsies as if like imagine yourself and I know our audience, I, I you're probably you probably don't need to be convinced of this, but like imagine yourself in a position where you are trying to stand out as a startup in this very competitive field and you become known as the person who calls out one of your investors Mm -hmm. that's not a benefit there's no world in which that is a benefit absolutely not and that is exactly why it is good that this that these women are speaking up and why it is important to foster a culture where that is okay because the alternative is that again it just keeps happening in darkness and then i mean people are at the financial mercy yeah these, these but photos. it
1: is it's just like you said Simone it's a huge risk to them huge I mean risk. I saw the other day that uh, you know Julian Horvath, the woman that you know came out against uh, GitHub for gender-based harassment mm-hmm. she ended up at Apple and I was so happy for her because mm-hmm. I was really worried about her career after you know she spoke out and there is so much that's on the line and I think, you know, Christine, something I have wanted to ask you all week is, yeah. you know, sexual assault and sexual harassment is one thing; it's terrible, it's really serious. But there's another side to this VC thing, and it it permeates what every single woman faces in tech. So I did, I did a bunch of media a few weeks ago, and I do it. And I'm literally the only person that's not a white straight cis dude that they invited onto the show and all the producers and all the guests and all the interviewers, like, I really stand out. And, you know, all the dudes are there and they are just doing this thing that dudes do when they get together and they're just all talking to each other and they're like planning to go to different events together and you're just kind of left out of that conversation. Mm. That is a very, very, very common experience for women in tech. So there's mm-hmm. the the level of this story of, yes, sexual assault is bad. Sexual discrimination is bad. Trying to date someone that is looking for you to invest in her company is bad. But that's a symptom of a bigger problem here, which is the boys club – that kind of runs based on the comfort of, you know, dudes.
0: Mm -hmm. Being able to hang out and drink together. Yeah. Yeah. And I have no idea.
1: I mean, like, women increasingly are creating our own spaces for that. But it's really – I mean, I have to imagine the two of you face this in your own careers. I certainly have.
0: I don't socialize very much. But, yeah, I I definitely (laughs) – I I, I, I do – I I haven't, like, personally felt that, but I could easily imagine myself in that scenario because I always do want to hang out with people and and have a good time and get to know people, Um, but I got to do it with a friend. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: No, I mean, it's it's. it's <laughs> I, I've, I've been fortunate that I've, I've worked with with women, and I've been lucky to have that. But there have certainly been situations in in my life, especially earlier in my career, where most of like my hangout sessions, I'd be the only girl, or I'd be one of the few females, yeah. mm-hmm. and I I didn't feel uncomfortable, and and I was fortunate the most. And i i we've all had stories where you know people have behaved inappropriately. It's it's unfortunate. Sure. Um, but yeah, but but it's always something you kind of think about where like. There is kind of this pressure to socialize, and there is this pressure to kind of meet people and it certainly it adds another layer to it of of um complexity of how how you kind of you know um handle those situations and and how um what strings are sometimes seen as as being attached to to, to things and and how you set your boundaries and and it's it's unfortunate but uh i mean Justin calderback, who was the first b c the information reported he was the binary capital guy who who left. Um he um and we talked about him before, you know, uh his partner at, at his at his firm who's also since resigned, there was a, there was a story about how um, you know, his his partner at Binary would, would very frequently just invite only women or or predominantly women to kind of these hangout socializing sessions. And and women kind of came forward and said, you know, I felt forced to kind of be part of this partying atmosphere, otherwise I wouldn't have access. And I think that's really a problem. And and I think I think yeah. you're right, Bree. It's it's something we have to kind of talk about. It's beyond just the the terrible assaults and and, and, and blatant harassment things and, and violation of spaces, things that happen and because those need to be talked about and, and women who have come forward are heroes truly. Um people who speak up about it are mm-hmm. heroes truly. But I think you're right. There that there is kind of this, you know, especially at, at certain tech companies and and you know, for certain parts of the country and in or parts of the world, I guess, like this Feeling like you've got to fit in and, and maybe suck it up so that you aren't mm-hmm. seen as being a wet blanket so that you're not excluded. Yeah. And, and that's the only way you can kind of rise, you know, your career can grow. And and that's unfortunate. 100 women 100%. in
1: engineering roles, I have, I hear discussions about this literally every single day. And it doesn't matter if the woman works at, you know, a company like Apple or, you know, a game institution. Like, oh, I didn't get that promotion. Because you know the guy, the guys on my team all hang out to you know with each other and their friends, and they gave the promotion to each other. So I'm not, I'm just saying this is a much bigger problem. But you know what? I can't figure out like guys seriously, is mm-hmm. why the frack hasn't Cindy Gallup's startup been funded? And like to me, this is such a great example of like women with really great ideas not being able to get funded. So here you have one of the most prominent women in advertising in the entire world. She's trying to do a startup where it's porn, but rather than, you know, like a dude jackhammering someone, like it's like (laughs) loving porn that Mm -hmm. like includes women. Like it's porn for women and people that aren't interested in that. It's like, this is... there's got to be a market for that, right? Like this is a great idea. And she's been working for freaking years to get funding and can't get it. And it's just like beyond ridiculous to me. Like you're leaving so much money on the table when women can't have ideas and have this lived experience in different areas and can't like build businesses because everything is closed off to them. Like it's it's bad for the tech industry, it's bad for the women. It's just a really bad system, but the thing that mm-hmm. makes me the most angry is it's just inefficient. <laughs> You
0: know, it, that's what I kept thinking of, too, which is, is you know, such an oversimplification. But like, oh, my God, can't you just as a VC, can't you just do your dang job yeah, right. and like listen to pitches and then say yes or no? Like, right, right. right. <laughs> you're really like taking this opportunity to be like, oh, I'm going to send a nasty text. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to say something weirdly threatening to her. Maybe then I'll get laid. What is wrong? Do your dang job! Right. Oh my god! Right, <laughs> like <laughs> it's not that else hard a to professional. Like just go no. do it outside oh your my god, work, get right? Tinder, yeah. get god. get a freaking Tinder account. Right, you, stop dating at work. Yeah, stop. I mean, it. I'm not even opposed <laughs> to people
2: dating at work. I think just using your power in a way that's unfortunate. I mean, I, I yeah, just, I yeah, say yeah. That's dating at like,
1: I'm, my, I'm not,
0: fine. But like, my husband was my not boss. In, but not like, when you're a VC and people are pitching to you that. Wait,
1: <laughs> you and Grant are going in. You're for the really long sexual harassment well, lawsuit,
2: Christine. <laughs> yeah. oh, so. yeah. Let's be very clear. <laughs> I was paid like a monthly yeah. stipend and like fifteen dollars a blog post. Right, this was hardly like you know the position of power dynamics were were not. It's not the same thing at all. And but no, plenty it's of people not. meet I'm it. Them yeah, jokes. I think people yeah. know what I mean. No, you totally I say do. I mean, well, I mean, work. like if if you're running a fund, you should not be using. Like people who work for you or people who are looking to you for funding, they should not be part of your potential dating pool. You're rich yeah. and you're probably white and you're a male and you, you're you fine. You'll be fine. You're a millionaire you, you, and you're hearing
0: these people be like, please give you me don't need to, to my be, idea. And you're like, mm, I could. Or, or, yeah, no, it's gross.
2: <laughs> it's gross and it's unnecessary.
0: What if I hand you that cool million and then I send you some texts about how I want to bang How's that for a dynamic? (laughs) Go away. God. This episode of Rocket is brought to you by (laughs) Squarespace. And you can enter offer code ROCKET at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. Make your next move with Squarespace. Squarespace lets you easily create a website for your next idea. With a unique domain, award-winning templates, and more. Maybe you want to create an online store. Maybe you want to create a portfolio. Maybe you want to create a blog. Squarespace is an all-in-one platform that lets you do just that. There's nothing to install. No patches to worry about. No upgrades needed. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff. Squarespace has got it covered. They have award-winning 24-7 customer support if you need any help. They let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name, and all of those award-winning templates are beautifully designed for you to show off your great ideas. I use Squarespace myself, and every day that I don't have a career update for my writing, I die inside because I want to up. Date my website why why won't they get back to me I want to write 50 books just so I can put them all on my Squarespace website because it gives me such pleasure Squarespace plans start just $12 a month but you can start a trial with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com
1: that's amazing. Once you know what? I, I want to make a Squarespace site about Simone. Wait, Charles Tan. Okay, tell me. Charles Tan, who sent me a NES classic and a Famicom version of the same thing. Ah. He actually sent this to me from the. Uh, it's just amazing. Is the I couldn't best. Even Are believe you? it.
0: Oh my god! So he I sent just me the, posted he sent a
1: picture of it. So
2: good. He sent me the, right. the super fam, the, the, the the Japanese one, but he found you an actual NES classic.
1: The actual and that's the European edition of it, and oh, sent that's it so to good. him. I begged him to let me pay him for it, and he would not accept a penny. So Simone, what does he do? I I want to Charles make a so Squarespace site about Charles Tan. Yes. Like we don't deserve Charles. Tan. We don't
2: deserve
0: Charles.
1: Charles, tan. Charles we don't. You love you. We love Charles I think is what we yes. need to do. We've got to it. We that. can get
0: that unique domain name at squarespace.com. We get the unique domain name. And we can use a beautiful design and we can really show our love. We can use offer code ROCKET to get yeah. 10% off that
1: purchase. Ooh. Yeah. We should do that. We should do yeah. that.
0: Yeah. We can. And show our support for Rocket and Relay FM and Charles Tan. Yes. Squarespace. <laughs> Squarespace. <laughs> Excellent. So, it's kind of a light news week and for that reason I'm going to take advantage of it to talk about Overwatch.
1: Oh my god. All but right, you wanted I wanted to read talk about, about it. something totally you different. You go ahead. Sell me on it. Sell me on it.
0: Okay. New hero. He's hot. His name is Doomfist. He's got a big rocket fist. Rocket fist. See this it's he's literally should be the mascot of the show. We should change the icon Oh my god. Um, to Doomfist. He Okay, oh, so oh. he's a new offense hero. Uh he has a lot of he has he can shoot rockets basically from his fist and then he has a lot of long-range punching abilities, which sounds weird until you play with him and turns out they're awesome a lot of them are movement based or like a charge forward uh with a, a very powerful punch or an uppercut that kind of launches you into the air he is great and the way that he fits into the story meta is excellent they released an animated short of him uh fighting winston and tracer and genji from overwatch he's a member of talon which is the evil organization which is kind of and we'll talk about that maybe in a bit. But um, it, it's basically like Overwatch the anime and he rips Tracer's like little time-space controller thing off her back, which is what keeps her rooted in this time and place. And she's zipping all over the place. She can't control her time travel. And then Winston goes ape poop. Ape, ape poop. Um, mm, ape S word on him. And it's super awesome. So... <sighs> It's, I, I have some conflicted feelings about it, and people on Twitter have talked about this more eloquently than I will, but the evil organization at this moment is composed of a Latino man, a Latino woman, um, Doomfist, who is Nigerian, he's a black man from Nigeria, and Widowmaker, who is purple, I, I, I don't know if she's white, she's French. Um,
1: <laughs> she's very sexy. Very sexy. She's
0: wonderful. Yeah. yeah. So it's 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 kind of like a a damned if you do, damned if you don't scenario here where Overwatch is super, super diverse and that's wonderful, but also it turned out this way where there are a lot of uh, angry people of color on the quote unquote evil side, which doesn't really come into the gameplay at all because you all play on the same side in the game. Right, right. Um, but yeah... It, Optics-wise, it's kind of like this is good and then also not good at the same time, which is a metaphor for life if you think about it.
1: <laughs> so what, what is interesting to me about this isn't any of the the fight about uh, you know the character themselves and their backstory. What's interesting to me is like Blizzard, and just to give our listeners a little bit of background on Overwatch, Overwatch is Blizzard's next big move into like the esports arena. You know, you've got Hearthstone which is a really strong esports component and Blizzard has gone through and tried to like create an Overwatch league in every single city. Like I'm sure there's one here in Boston like a professional Overwatch players. So to me anytime they bring out a new character um, you know there's a lot to think about like strategically. Of mm-hmm. how this changes the game and, and breaks it, like you know when they—I mean, you know this man, like when they redid Symmetra, like she was not super great in her original, um, you know, incarnation. Now she's
0: a demon, and now
1: she's a demon. You know, they keep tweaking it. So to me, this is this is interesting to see them continue to bring characters out that affect different people's ability and really influence these the, the entire sport. I mean imagine if you had something like football and every couple of months like they brought a new mechanic into the game and all <laughs> new things. Like it's it's very interesting they to introduce one were so football successful. player who can just right. punch you into the moon.
0: Why does right. he do that? Yeah,
1: or could teleport or rip your time travel device off your back so you disappear <laughs> in time. So
0: it's it's so interesting, and that's I think about that a lot too, because there's definitely a lot of thirst within the community for new heroes and new content. I mean, I would be happy with more animated shorts, but there is so much enthusiasm for all of these now twenty five characters, and obviously they can't just make more of them willy nilly because it does rebalance everything and you know every competitive season there's a new sort of effective strategy that you as a competitive team could potentially master and that that becomes very important like everyone has to be up to date on the meta and like who counters who and all of these minute little details so yeah this one new hero coming in does change everything and you know when Arisa, when, when they cha- make changes to a character, sometimes that character will just cease to be used in competitive play because people can't make it work in their team compositions. Um, but another thing that's interesting about Overwatch specifically is that despite uh, the fact that it's a competitive multiplayer game is the fact that it is super, super popular with people who don't play it at all because they right. like the characters. And yeah. for these people... Uh, what they wanted, you know, more animated shorts, more characters, more details on backstory and things like that. Doomfist in particular has been sort of lampshaded since Overwatch first launched. He's been part of the lore in teaser trailers for a long time, and it's just you know now that the character is finally showing up. um But I, I, I don't think I know of any other heroes that are on the horizon. Although they did sort of. Surprise us with the Risa who came out of nowhere, and is awesome. But, but yeah, it, it's an interesting balancing act.
1: I mean, don't you think, though, that, like, gameplay-wise, we need more healers in Overwatch? Like, to me, that is... Yes. Because Mercy is yes. kind of... I mean, she's a known quantity. She's fun to play with. But her mechanics are very similar to uh, the Doctor in Team Fortress. You know, Team Fortress mm-hmm. 2, uh, except she flies. I think that, like, you know... I see where they're going with this character and their powers, but I feel like it 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 answers more to a story need versus a gameplay need, if that makes sense to you.
0: That is yeah, I was actually really surprised when they released another offense hero because I, I, I it feels it certainly feels like there are a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, there's a great article on Heroes Never Die which is Vox Media's Overwatch community. Um by Ryan Gilliam, which talks about how Symmetra should be listed as a defense character, not a support character. And I 100% agree with that. Because she she's in this class with characters like Zen, Lucio, and Mercy who heal or buff in some way. And um, there's someone else there, but I don't remember who it is. And then there's Symmetra, who, yes, can make a shield generator and have a mobile shield. But mostly puts down turrets that roast your yep. butt. And she's super damage heavy. She's, I mean, she's squishy, but she can deal a lot of damage. And like her main function is to alert you when people are pushing your point and from where they're coming from, and then roast their butts with her microwave beams. Like she's so not a support character at all. Uh, So I do feel like that, like there's room for another healer in that in that space. Symmetra is not that. No, she's not.
1: No, she's not. No, I think it's really well said. Uh, But, I mean, it's a great – it looks like a great addition to a really fantastic game. And, um, yeah, I mean, there's a reason why every time I ask you what you're playing, Simone, you're always (laughs) like, Overwatch, that's it.
0: Sorry. Welcome to hell with Simone. I don't play other things. So should I play Overwatch? Is
2: this
1: what you're telling me?
0: No, don't. Never play Overwatch. Save
1: yourself, Christina. Save
0: (laughs) – Did you want to talk about Stormblood, Bree?
1: Uh, you know, I could do it super quickly. Uh so the game I've been playing and you know, I shouldn't, uh even though uh <laughs> running for Congress, the last thing I need to do is waste time on an MMO. But like everyone else, I need days off no. every now and then. I need my evenings to myself. So Final Fantasy 14 is a really interesting game because they brought out the original version, I believe, in 2010, mm-hmm. and it was one of our industry's most catastrophic failures in history like they brought forward this game it was garbage they had spent 100 million dollars on it getting it produced and it was unplayable and not much fun and they let people keep playing the vanilla version and then brought out a realm reborn in i believe it was 2012 is that right simone somewhere in there um and they just yeah they completely redid the game they redid all the game mechanics. And as a Final Fantasy fan, I can tell you this is like one of the greatest Final Fantasy games that's ever come out, ever. It's just freaking amazing. Uh, so they brought out the new expansion. And I'd love to get your take on this, uh, Simone, because like Polygon has been among those, giving it a a reasonably positive review. Um, and for the life of me, I don't understand why, because it's more <laughs> of the same it's just more content, and it's the story is decent. I mean, it's not to me any better or worse than Heaven's Word, but you know they didn't bring they only brought out uh, they didn't bring out any new healer jobs. It's just two more damage dealing classes. Uh, they didn't bring out any new races you could be. They didn't bring out any major new mechanics. I mean, they redid all the combat, but I'm a little bit disappointed. And it's getting really good reviews, and I have no idea why.
0: I'm so, I wish that I, I could help you. I guess if you <laughs> are into that, maybe more of the same as, as the infinity that you yeah. want. But yeah. I, I haven't played an MMO since City of Heroes was lost to me so many years ago.
1: That's a long time ago. Christina. I know you play MMOs. What do you roll as? Tank, healer, <laughs> damage dealer? What I do haven't, you do? I haven't
0: played an MMO in a long time,
2: but I used to always be a healer.
1: Okay, okay.
2: I, I roll as
1: Astrologian. I'm sorry
0: is, that you're being yeah. punished by Final Fantasy 14, Brie. That's tragic. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm playing get, Zelda. Yep.
1: You deserve better. Oh, Zelda is so good. Oh, yeah, my I, God. Yeah, I'm playing yeah. now.
0: now that the DLP
2: is out. Yes! Yeah.
1: I've not downloaded mm. it yet, but I am going to get to it soon. Yeah, Like, they so- say the new dungeon is hard.
2: Yeah, yeah. I um I haven't spent a ton of time with it, but when I bought my Switch, right as my like congratulations on your new life gift to myself, <laughs> um, it came with the 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 DLC download and so finally like I've been able to like redeem it. I was like very excited. I was like, Yay, oh my two God. months later. Yeah. It was a really good bundle. And the the bundle came with the Breath of the Wild, the 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 DLC. Um, Mario Kart and um a, a micro SD. It was a good it was a good bundle. So Oh my um, god.
1: Um yeah. Okay. Well the next time I see you, remind me to bring all my amiibos because I have literally <laughs> all of them. I mean you want Epona, I've got that. I've got the Guardian, which will give you like, you know rare uh, you know screws and things like that to build ancient stuff with. like it's freaking awesome. and I have all of them. like I was scouring eBay for deals for like a month <laughs> trying to collect all of them. Should we
0: talk about excellent awesome film baby yes. drivers? Yes. I think you're right. Oh
1: my God.
2: oh my God, oh my
0: God, so good. I've seen it all twice yeah, since. topic. Third oh my daughter. God! <laughs> no. So Edgar Wright of Shaun of the Dead of Hot Fuzz has a oh, new movie Scott Pilgrim out. Vers it is the world Scott Pilgrim. Wow, I messed that one up. Scott Pilgrim versus the world. What a hard title to say. He has a heist movie out, and it's called Baby Driver, and it's basically an hour long, an hour fifty minute long music video, which is yep. everything that I have ever wanted from film editing ever. Yeah. He, he is fantastic. He is so skilled. Um, so it's a film about a, a, a getaway driver for a robbery crew who has tinnitus. So he's always listening to music and he's always driving in tune with the music and coordinating his getaway driving, his uh, absurdly, you know, cinematic getaway driving with the songs he's listening to. And it's baller.
2: It's so good. Um. I, like, immediately bought the soundtrack. I haven't bought an album in the longest time, but not all the songs were available on Apple Music or on Spotify. And some people did create playlists that recreated most of it. But I was just like, you know what? You're going to get my $20.
0: And that's an appropriately retro move because the thing that he uses to listen to all his music uh, is a a series of iPods.
2: Yes, it's so great. It's, It's, like, the best... Kind of throwback. And there is, like, a reason for it. You see in the film, I'm not, not spoiling anything, but you kind of understand why he's using iPods throughout the film. And um, it's really funny, you know, this summer between the, the Guardians of the Galaxy Zune bit at the end and and the, the very iPod-heavy um, baby driver, it like – Classic music players are kind of having a moment, right? Like it's, yeah, I, are yeah. we all mm-hmm. kind of nostalgic for them? I was actually thinking about this.
0: It yeah, absolutely yeah. made me nostalgic. I the, was the sound this close to going and buying
2: one on eBay after
1: yeah, seeing they're that so movie.
2: expensive. They're so expensive. Yeah. The, like the, the classics, as soon as they discontinued them in 2014, like the the prices were already high, and they just they they are through the roof. I have an old um, uh, iPod video. 60 gigabyte and I'm going to replace the battery um and and just continue using it cuz it's still kicking around and it still works and it's you know 12 years old. Oh um, my god. Yeah. $400? Jeez. That's what I'm telling you Bree. That's what I'm telling you Bree. It's it's not worth it. Um it's oh. honestly not. It's honestly not worth it. Um But what I was kind of thinking, and I'd like you guys' thoughts on this. And this is funny coming from someone who literally ripped Neil Young's Pono Player apart because it's terrible and dumb and bad. And somebody who I I probably wrote plenty of bad things about Sony's repeated attempts at at creating a digital Walkman that never worked. But… Now, now, And I stand by those critiques. I stand by everything I wrote in those, and, and I was right to write them. But I wonder like, if this is now the right time if somebody wanted to come up with a low cost. Now, this is key. It cannot be $400. It cannot be what the Pono player cost, which was insane. And the Sony Walkmans are ridiculously overpriced too. Um, it can't have the traditional crappy software that those things also had. But there's probably a market. It's it, only for a brief moment. This won't last. But if somebody <laughs> wanted to create a low-cost... Music player, like an iPod. Go back to the iPod days, but make it solid state, or even make. Because at this point, I think the reason that Apple stopped making the the classics was they, they couldn't get the hard drives anymore. Toshiba so no longer made them. Um, but like somebody come up with like a good MP3 player, you know, to kind of give us those throwbacks. And I realize it's dumb. You're like, just use your phone. And I'm I'm with you, people. I get it. But like, I feel like there's this nostalgia moment that for like a very brief period of time, somebody could make it and you could make a killing. Me, who's written repeatedly about how I think the nostalgia gadget trend is bad, would still buy it, and I would be happy to. I don't even know why. Like it just, but because I watching these films, especially Baby Driver.
1: I'll, I'll tell you why. Because there's there's something. Okay, so Simone, this is when you were a zygote, but um oh, boy, like for this period of time, like there was a a social thing. Like you would be in class, and people would ask you, like. Well, what do you have on your iPod? And like you'd be like, I have the best iPod. Because the music that you curated and put on there was a choice. Yeah. It's so different than like anything you think of. You can just YouTube or Apple Music and boom, it's there. The the process of like getting music and obscure things and like getting it onto this device and organizing it. It was a statement about who you are, and it's why it sure. works so well in this movie as a plot device, right?
2: Yeah, because he, mm-hmm. he, mm-hmm. he has different iPods for different moods and different other things, and I um, – yeah, I, I agree with you. I think there's also something to be said, like my first MP3 player was not an iPod, and it wasn't even a, a dedicated MP3 player. It was a Sony Disc. and what I would do is I would connect it to the sound card on my computer, and I would play music from my sound card – into the mini disc, and it, ha- I would, it, had, built, oh it, it had it had built it had built-in gap detection. So every if there was more than X number of seconds of silence, it would automatically create a new track. And um, I even had like software that would help me label the tracks, and I would create mixtapes that way. Now this is like 1999, so this is this is before the iPod existed. And at the time, you could get a dedicated MP3 player, but the memory for them was so expensive it wasn't worth it. And then eventually, I got an MP uh, a mini disc that had that didn't even require the sound card thing that would just digitally transfer the files. And and I loved that. And 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 it was like two dollars for a mini disc, you know, uh thing versus, you know, a hundred dollars for a bunch of memory. But then the iPod came out and I was like, well, this is so much better. But I used to love I, I'm with you Bree, like I used to love creating perfect playlists or having like choosing like what songs I wanted. And even though I had high capacity iPods, I very rarely would hold all of my music. Even now, like I don't think uh, definitely an iPod wouldn't cover hold all the music that I've hoarded over the years, but that makes you kind of pick and choose, like like what what's what's do I want? <laughs> what, what what is the important playlist? What is the here? important playlist? And 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 kind of you know and there's also something as much as I love services like Spotify and Apple Music and I subscribe to both of, of being able to listen to things on demand. As I'm sure you guys have noticed, things will disappear from the catalog without kind of yep. you even knowing. And you're like, I had this <laughs> album and it was great, and now I can't. That is the worst thing.
0: I want to. I don't necessarily agree with you about bringing out a new MP3 device, though, because I feel like I'm saying a limited period. What of I don't time. want is a new one. I want the friggin' iPod. Oh, I agree with you. I agree. Um, I, I'm with you. Yeah. I mean, look, I, it's an aesthetic. It's like the the sound of the sound of the scroll wheel, the way the the chunky sort of iPod classics yes. look in your hand, like that. That's what's attractive about it. And, and he even has the white earpod headphones. So. It's a very much an aesthetic thing. Well, what was funny
2: about that, if if you notice, like he was the, the headphones he was using were the ones that have the microphone on them. Um, yep. And, and 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 I assume that's just because they couldn't source the older ones. It was just easier, you know, to to use that. But that that even just shows how much it's changed because you know the 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 um, earpods as they exist now. Even if you go to the model before they they made the earpod design, there was a microphone on the side. And before that, like there were a couple of minor changes because I I owned. Basically every version of iPod. I, I didn't have a mini, but I, I've had basically every model of iPod from the very beginning. And at, at some point or another, and um, yeah, I, 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 I'm with you on that. So you're probably right. We probably want the iPod, but but since Apple's never going to make that for us, I feel like somebody <laughs> would have an opportunity make 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 an iPod look alike, make it look so similar that you will almost get sued. Yes, and you know, I, what love I mean, it. Se- sell it love at Urban it. Outfitters for 150. dollars and people will call it the I nod because you're yeah, nodding. Exactly. Along with people, your call, tunes. call it the I nod, exactly. People sell it at Urban Outfitters or wherever. And I'm telling you, it'll be like NES classic editions. It will be so hot. Now it will not last. This this trend will go away and we will all be like, Why did I buy an MP three player when I have my phone? But like for a certain number of us who who crave that nostalgia, I would totally be dumb enough to buy to spend $150 on an MP three player in twenty seventeen. There I
1: said it. I'm I'm this close to buying one on eBay right now. I'm going to like, talk to you guys <laughs> no, about which one. No, 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 no. Okay, no. Get okay. A refurb Before and, like, we refurb get to your that, own. <laughs> before we get to that, I want to talk about the movie itself because yes. I love Scott Pilgrim versus the World. It is like a love letter to everyone that loves the NES and the SNES. It oh, is yeah, that a thing. masterpiece of that era. And I feel very strongly that Ramona is a villain and Knives Chow is a hero- heroine of that entire movie. <laughs> but besides that, I would target this film because I don't think – the acting was good and the writing was good. But the thing that makes this <laughs> a movie Fair. that, Christina, you've seen it twice. I'm definitely going to see it twice is the editing. Because every mm-hmm. beat of the music is is edited in a way it goes along with the soundtrack and just impacts it and keeps you driving along. And it is like a magical music video as you watch it.
0: It's That's exactly what I love about it. And Aker Wright has always been so, so good at this. Like I'm thinking back to Hot Fuzz and the sort of – the the beats that he does in the scenes where they're pouring drinks or like sir there's one where they're yeah. cooking food i think like putting bacon on a stove and then the house blows up like but everything is like on a beat and this movie is that taken uh, turned up to 11 if you will uh oh, i shouldn't have lampshaded that joke so much that ooh, like oh, a mm, flat fall flat um yes yeah, so so this movie for me, uh, a person who always edits to music and cannot do it without it. I, it was just such a joy and a pleasure to watch the way that he does transitions and things like they'll show no spoilers, you know, people looking at a car and then the car driving away, but not the actual like getting in of the car. they like, not, not even showing the context of the characters that, Blech. Not even showing the context of the people who are now driving the car. Like, I at first thought the car was, like, running away without them or something, but, like, he's just so fast and loose and always on the beat, and it is amazing.
2: Yeah, and what's great, too, if, if um, I especially noticed it the second time, because the theater I saw it in had even better sound, and I was paying more attention, but as you mentioned, you know, the character has tinnitus, and this isn't spoiling anything in the film, but if you're watching it and you listen any time that there's not the soundtrack, if the earphones are not in his ears, you hear the buzzing. You hear a buzzing yeah. sound, which I yeah. think is a great kind of movement because as, because music is so integral to this. And as you said, it's all about the editing. The editing is just fantastic from car chases to everything else. Um, and then I personally really love the film because I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. Like yes. most movies in Hollywood, it was filmed in Atlanta, Georgia. But unlike most movies filmed in Atlanta, Atlanta, the city is actually a character in the film. And that yeah. was pretty awesome to see.
1: And the actress, mm-hmm. the lead actress that they cast, she's so believably someone that lives in Atlanta. She totally <laughs> was. Yeah, no, she, oh, she was. God. She was
2: great, Lily James. Well, let's talk about the cast for a second, because you know you yeah. have like your big heavy hitters. You have you know Jamie Foxx. You have um, John Hamm. You have Kevin Spacey. Yeah. But Ansel Elgort, like he's the he's he's the Fault in Our Stars kid. You know what I mean? He was in that. And, and
0: yeah, he, unexpected. he's the John Green
2: kid, right? Like he's um uh, that that that's the right author, right? Okay. Yes. He, yes, he's the yes. he's the Fault in Our Stars right. kid. And yeah. He's like the the Paper Towns kid. Like he's not the kid you would expect in this. And in the same thing with Lily James, who's the who's kind of his love interest. She's from Cinderella, which wasn't that successful, but I mean it was fine. But it was yeah. no Beauty and the Beast. You know what I mean? Like these are not actors that I would have part. I would have expected to be cast in this, and they did great. And um, uh, Isaac Gonzalez, uh, who I think is. Be- I only know her because she's like an instagram model, and i I think I see her on Instagram sometimes she plays John Ham's girlfriend and she was good, and i was I've never seen her she before was I good. was like she was good, and I was like you're literally like and I'm not saying this in in, in a diminishing way at all, but like I literally think I only knew her from instagram and I had never seen her in any acting. I looked up her IMDb. I was like, yeah, you haven't done a whole lot. But she was good. Like, Edgar Wright found some really yeah. good people to round out the film in addition to the the names you know. Like, I, I was very impressed with Ansel Elgort. Mm-hmm. Like, I honestly… Did not expect him to be able to move like I that. I didn't expect him to move like that or, or to just kind of be able to, to to kind of carry the film the way that he did. I was very impressed.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I do have to say I thought the writing for the women was a little weak. I sure, mean I thought of the yeah. The, yeah. the heroine, she pretty much exists as a love interest and doesn't have her own arc or feelings. And oh, it's yeah, so no, common no, in film. I, I mean, I think this yeah. would've
2: this would, this whole film fails the Belkdel uh, test or whatever, best test, however you say it, mm-hmm. um yeah.
1: completely.
0: But yeah. it's so
1: blast. No, it's a great, it's a great film. It's a God, great film. God, I would be
0: so mad if the guy that I was crushing on, like, dragged me into a car right. chase and I mean, got people shot in I front mean, of same. me. I mean, same. <laughs> I mean, same. You
2: kind of wonder, like, you're like, why is this happening? What? She
0: must really be desperate to get out of Atlanta. Well,
2: she works at a diner and she doesn't really have anything keeping her there. And he's mysterious. And they, I don't know, you know, we've all done dumb things for guys or girls we like.
0: Yep. Sure. All those gunfights that I regret. <laughs> well <laughs> That's the that's the show title. All now. right, that's, what are you up to this week, Brianna?
1: Um tomorrow I'm enjoying my birthday <laughs> one day Yay! late. Uh, Brianna. Oh god. I know I've got stuff I'm doing this weekend on my calendar. I can't even recall it because I've been going all day. So um, I don't know, Simone. I know it's just going to be busy. Can it's I tell okay. you guys about Disney Cross Leave it really a quickly before yes, we I go? Yeah. I really wanted so to know about It was so sad. This. It was so sad, guys. It was so sad. I was there. I was the last person to ever play NBA Jam there. And the employees were crying. And as I'm walking out, they gave everyone that was there for the last day, like, this uh, envelope with this picture of Disney Quest inside of it that was signed and engraved. And I'm going to put it up in my office. But it was so bittersweet. It was a great time going down there. And I'm glad I saw it. But it's like a – it's like – yeah, it's it's just so sad that Disney could not make – uh, an arcade that was special enough for them and they couldn't make it work financially. And I just think uh, an era is over. It's very sad.
0: I'm glad you got to go and get your trophy. Yeah. Yes. Me too. Well, I got to do Buzz Lightyear
1: like the asteroid thing and this is awesome because it's like bumper cars with cannons attached to it. So Frank and I get there, and he's the gunner, and I'm the driver, and we take it hardcore. And we're, like, shooting little 12-year-olds and screaming, like, oh we my got God. you. And then their car is flipping around. It's amazing. So we had a good time.
0: That sucks. That's good. That part is good. That specific part is good. But, man, that sucks. <laughs> it's all over. And that you killed some 12-year-olds. It was great. You shouldn't have done
1: that. No, I feel bad. That's what I meant to say.
0: <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. I'm glad you, at least you feel remorse. I feel a lot of remorse. That's the important. I'm really
1: thing. glad that you got to experience,
2: even though it was sad. Like the last day, like I'm, yeah. you, you as being such a super fan. I'm glad you were able to be there, like and cl- close out that. It's a shame that, like you said, it's a shame they weren't able to to keep it going. And and you, you know, although it is also amazing that they kept it open as long as they did, because it it, yeah. it seems, you know, I mean that, that that's probably a it testament. Was a really they, big. They failure. wanted to work a long <laughs> time.
0: Yeah. Yep.
1: Mm.
0: Christina, what are you up to?
2: Um, so, uh, I'm just continuing kind of working. Um, I, uh, I I just pasted this in, in Skype if you want to add this to the notes, but, um, I, one of the things I'm working on at my new job is, is – um, uh, so the product I work on is called Microsoft Virtual Academy, and it's basically um, uh, online videos to, to help, you know, teach you things. You know, uh, coding skills are getting trained for certification, and, and it's focused on mostly developer and IT pro audiences. But we're going to be doing a, a show uh, for Channel 9, which is Microsoft's, like, version of YouTube. And uh, we have kind of our pilot episode, which is very like it's five minutes, and it kind of walks you through the website. But that's uh, that that just got Whoa. published uh, today, and so that's hey. kind of cool. yeah, so yeah. Links, cool. that's Yeah, awesome. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. I see it. I see it. So so yes. you guys. So, you, so if any of the listeners have been curious what I've been up to, and you're also interested in, in getting free learning from Microsoft, which is very cool. Like if you want to learn C sharp, or if you want to learn you know Angular or, or JavaScript or you know Windows Server stuff or whatever, we've got like tons of courses and it's all free. So you can check that out. But that's one of the things I'll be working on is kind of creating a show to highlight our learning content and things like that.
1: Hey. So, yeah. so you oh, can't we so just cute. tap dance past this. Like oh, Channel 7? Oh yeah, I'm seven? seeing it too. Microsoft has their own YouTube? I didn't know about this. Yeah,
2: it's been around I think for about t- 10 years or more, I think. It's called Channel 9. So if you go to huh. like, Channel Channel 9. 9. Wow. Yeah, like channel9.msdn.com. But, but if you... It, and it's something that... Like internally at Microsoft, um, a lot of the different teams, you know, publish, publish video content and, and podcasts and things like that and kind of, you know, share with people like this is what new is happening within the organization and within the different divisions. And, you know, people who are our fans or are trying to like learn more about the different offerings can check it out. Um, Robert Scoble, I think, started it um, back in, in the early 2000s. And uh, it's uh, it's something that still continues to this day.
0: There's an elephant in the room that I want to address if I can, and sure. it's that you're using a Windows computer I am. in this video, and I your am. co-host uh-huh. appears to have a Mac. She has a
2: Mac. She absolutely oh has my a Mac. Oh, God. She works. She has a Mac. So I didn't really talk about this on, on our pod much, but um, they'd asked me when I joined, they were like, well, do you want a Mac? But my boss kind of like made it seem like, oh, but the service books are really nice, and I didn't want to like be like a pain in the butt and be like, well, I want a Mac. Um, and then I got to Microsoft and realized that like it does not matter if you use a Mac or a Windows machine. Like I, there are certain things that only certain systems that only work really well in Windows. But most of the stuff is web based. Most of it is really cross platform, and I could have always run everything in a virtual machine. It would have been no problem. So I didn't realize until like after I started and got my beautiful Surface Book that I could have actually had a MacBook Pro. Um, which sorry, I think it's important that you're you're stepping
0: into the new. The new role.
2: Uh, uh, no, I agree. 1000%. I mean, it makes, it it's it makes my copy and pasting shortcuts a pain in the butt. Uh, but other than that, I'm actually really happy to be using a surface book. Um, and You've I really got like dog it. Dog
1: food at Christina. Uh, you do. No, gonna... you absolutely do. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, well, especially since we're creating learning content. And I mean, a lot of our stuff, I mean, is, is on Microsoft stack, obviously, but that right now doesn't just mean people using windows and, you know, uh, Microsoft makes products for every platform, or you know, even Linux. Microsoft is actually a major contributor to the Linux kernel, which is weird, but um, but awesome. And um, but yeah, I it, it is very funny to see me standing in front of a service Book and my my cohort, my my uh, my, my partner and my my coworker. Uh, she um, basically does the same job function as me, but focusing on, on the developer space. I focus on the IT pro space, and uh, <laughs> she's got the Mac, and I've got the Windows machine, which is funny, but it's uh, it's cool. But it's yeah, it's funny. If
1: you go frame <laughs> by frame, you can see Christina like side eyeing the MacBook with uh, lust yeah, in her heart. Yeah, you can totally Lines. see me you can totally be like, I don't I don't
2: like you anymore, but that's not true. That's not true. <laughs>
0: She shoves it off
2: the table I at shove the end. I it off the
0: table. I'm like, no more
2: Max. No, never. Sorry, we never it to that. the end of the video. <laughs> um, <No. laughs> if I did God, that, I think I- it would be a really popular video, um, but I'm not going to do that. Uh, but yeah. Uh, so yeah. So check that out. People are curious what, what it is I, I do or the product mm-hmm. I work on. And, and from time to time, I might share more
0: and of the that And the link stuff is in the show notes. Out. Yeah. So you will find it there. Um, I'm not doing much this week. Uh, going to see a play tomorrow. I feel Ooh, like I'm play. doing something this weekend, but probably, honestly, most of what I'll be doing is trying to continue playing Wolfenstein, which I just started, and I'm really enjoying so far, but I'm so slow at it. Yeah, I would um, play that. That I'm probably going to be playing it until the new one comes out.
2: Um, back up, what play are you going to see? Uh, it's called Indecent,
0: and I am. I'm still kind of unclear on the what exactly it is but basically it is a play that was performed like way back in the the 20s um when anything went and there was a lesbian kiss in the play that was then later removed and so they're doing a play about putting on that play i believe is what i am going to see um yes it charts <laughs> the history of an incendiary drama this play and the paths of artists who risks risked their careers and lives to perform it. Um, it's called Indecent. It, ooh, it didn't close already. Um, this website that I'm looking at says it closed, but I have tickets to see it tomorrow, so it didn't. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really, really excited. I love that that time period. It's one of my favorite time periods uh, in history to learn about, and it was super, super queer, so I'm excited to see with my own eyes.
1: Have you seen Penny Dreadful yet on Showtime, by chance? No. It's kind of in that era, and it is super queer, and it is... Uh, Penny, you know, isn't Penny got, Dreadful
0: uh, 1800s?
1: Is that not the time of this play you're talking about? 1920s. Like, okay, well, I'm mean, Penny Dreadful is 1890, so it's roughly the same time, but yeah. So much happened in those 20 years,
0: Brianna. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but no, I, I actually I think I watched the first season of Penny Dreadful. Um and I, I had a bit of a uh, trouble getting into it, but I have a coworker who like lived for that show. Uh yeah. was devastated when it was canceled.
1: Um well season yeah, two it, is when it gets really gay. Like it's sort of gay in the first season, but it gets really gay in the second have season. Time. Yeah.
0: I just watched, I finally finished Riverdale, and we're not going to talk about it until season two, because I want to so I want <laughs> save up all of my energy to talk about how much I freaking love it, and it it's is my life. It's the best show. It's the best show. I told you, Simone. I told you. You told me. I didn't listen. I waited till it was on Netflix, um, but we'll we'll be talking about that in October, so look forward to Rocket, <laughs> coming soon, <laughs> four months near you. All right. Brianna, where can we find you online?
1: Spacecat Gal
0: yeah and christina what about you you can find me
2: at film underscore girl
0: and me at on twitter at doomquasar and at youtube.com slash polygon thank you so much for listening to rocket accelerated geek conversation i'm simone de rochefort video producer at polygon.com and i'm joined tonight by reviews from you the beautiful listeners who love to do things for me because i appreciate it when it happens Thanks, everyone. Please do review the show on Apple Podcasts. I love you. This episode of Rocket is terminated. Terminated. Terminated.